Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Now, it's Gabe time. Gabe Kuhn. Gabe Kuhn was one of the great little trivial nuggets in all football bios. His grandfather was the inventor of the Easy Bake Oven. Like a boss, the best lineman on the radio. Well, the only lineman on the radio. It's game time. Game time. We're ready. The Gabe Coon Show, 92.9 FM, ESPN. Now, I will say this. It is a beautiful, beautiful Thursday. Hope everybody's enjoying themselves out there. December 14, 2023. Welcome in to the Gabe Coon Show. I am your host, former Memphis Tiger offensive lineman Gabe Kuhn on X at G underscore Kuhn 71. I'm alongside the executive producer of the Gabe Kuhn Show. That would be Connor Dunning on X at C Dunning 99. Connor, what's the word? How are you? I'm doing all right. Okay. It's a beautiful day because Vince Williams Jr. got to start yeah. the basketball game. That's why it's beautiful. Our narrative, our narrative took its first win. First win of the year for us on the Vince Williams Jr. Narrative. In a loss. Yes, he did foul <laughs> out and he did not, uh, I mean, he... Didn't play his best game, but still it's better than just about everybody else as far as role players are concerned. Although Derrick Rose, I thought, had a decent night. I, isn't it amazing, though? I was thinking about this. This offseason, when that signing was made, the conversations I had were, okay, this is about the locker room. He's not going to get a whole lot of run. This guy has started a whole bunch of games, and he's playing 30 minutes in some game. He, he probably didn't expect to be put into this type of role this year, but that's the hand that the Grizzlies have been dealt, right? It's been tough sledding, to say the least. And I think last night, when you look at the the loss against the Rockets, anytime you have to play Jake LaRavia, just sort of chalk it up with a loss. It's unfortunate, but that's where we are at this current juncture. Now, we have three hours to talk on the way, courtesy of 92.9 FM, ESPN, and yours truly. We're going to talk about the Grizzlies and that loss last night and what it's going to look like going forward. This roster is going to have to make some changes. What are those changes going to be? John Morant coming back in five days on the road against the Pelicans. He is going to speak tomorrow um, after their morning shoot-around. What do we expect to hear? Probably not much. He's probably... I. I can't imagine he's going to be uh, overly talkative, but we'll see. I bet he's excited to return as we are excited to see him return. Um, But also, what we're really going to open the show on is Draymond. It was about time, wasn't it? Draymond gets an indefinite suspension from the NBA. I'm going to be honest, I'm surprised, but here we are. He's going to have to go through anger management courses and have a checklist for him uh, to return back to the floor. But it has been a ridiculous year and some change for him that I will uh, I'll go through the timeline here in just a little bit. As far as guests are concerned, Jeff Calkins at 5 o'clock. Jeff Calkins show in the Daily Memphian. 6 o'clock, Ryan Horvat from BetMGM tonight. That's his podcast. Um, he's also Odyssey Sports betting insider. We'll get you some picks. Um, and we'll also talk about John Morant's return with him as well. Blitz will be at 6.30 um, per normal. And it looks like the University of Memphis football program is going to have to rebuild an offensive line. Jacob Likes, their center, who has been a captain um, for the for the last two years, uh, has been the starting center for the last four years. He announced he's going to forego the rest of his eligibility and declare for the 2024 NFL draft. He adds to a list of two other guys that are out the door. Davion Carter, who committed to uh, Texas Tech. And McKylan Pounders, who's taking a whole bunch of visits to a bunch of SEC schools. So three of the five starting offensive linemen for the University of Memphis football program are out the door. They're going to have to rebuild that. And also, 
I want to talk about it a little bit before we even get to it in the Blitz. The Giannis situation last night, 64 points, breaks the franchise single-game record for the Bucks, and the Pacers took the ball away from him because Oscar Shibwe scored a, scored a point with about two minutes left, a free throw. He split the free throws as well. That's, that's the funnier part. And the fact that they were on the road in Milwaukee and thought they could take the 64-point ball away from Giannis Antetokounmpo was ridiculous. Now, Giannis... Chaos was uh, at an all-time high for Giannis. He had to get held, held back a little bit, but he sprinted down the tunnel to go uh, greet the Pacers. And uh, it got ugly. It got ugly. And then I think we're still trying to figure out if he has his ball, if he has the ball. Do, do we have any confirmation on that, Connor? No, the last thing I saw was whatever ball he was given, he is saying feels different than, the, feels than, the, different. than the ball that he was playing with. So who, who the hell knows? <laughs> so dumb. Listen, I, I, I would imagine that he knows what the ball feels like, but at the same time, that's kind of strange. That's strange in itself. But we've had some ridiculous takes that have uh, hatched from that particular situation. Trip around the NFL will be at 530 and also small talk at 550. Now that I've laid out the show, Draymond, we talked about it. Yesterday, and I said it needed to be 10-plus games, and the NBA exceeded that by a whole lot. I thought five games was relatively light the first time around when he choked out Rudy Gobert earlier this year, or really less than a month ago. Um, but now we are—actually, it's been just a month. It was a month ago yes, today. A month, a yes, month ago today. It's November today. 14th. Um, they went easy on him there, but now they have suspended him indefinitely. If we go down the timeline— For Draymond Green in the last year and some change. October of 2022, Draymond Green was fined for punching Jordan Poole. And that ultimately, if you've listened to uh, the Warriors and Steve Kerr, they said that ultimately led to their downfall last year. They could never really recover um, because they had issues within that locker room. April of 2023, Draymond Green was suspended one game for stomping directly on DeMontis Sabonis in that playoff series that the uh, Warriors won in seven games. November 2023, Draymond Green was ejected after pushing Donovan Mitchell. November 2023, yet again, Draymond Green was suspended five games for choking out Rudy Gobert, and that led us to um, what we saw this week in Draymond Green being ejected for punching Yusuf Nurkic. He's been suspended indefinitely. That's just way too many things stacking on top of each other. And, and I know that we've had the conversations. Draymond Green, without the edge that he brings, he's not Draymond Green. He's not the future Hall of Famer. I can latch on to that. I agree with that. But there comes a point when he's putting hands on people and hurting people out there. You have to, you have to come down hard. And I think finally... With the repeat offender conversation that we had around John Morant, it finally got to Draymond Green. It may be on the floor, but at the same time, some of the things he does on the floor, stomping on DeMontis Sabonis, hitting Yusuf Nurkic in the face, if that was off the floor, would look a whole lot different. I I heard Kendrick Perkins do the assault thing. I never want to go that route. But at the same time, these are things that are hurting other players, uh, disrupting game flow, and he's being an absolute nuisance to the league. I'm glad Adam Silver finally came down on it. Um, and it, it's going to be sort of a, a, a waiting game, and we're going to follow along to see when he actually returns. I wonder how many games this is going to be. Um, now, for the Warriors in, in general, I can't say I'm not happy to see Draymond Green off the floor for an extended period of time. They're 10-13. and 13, They're struggling. Klay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins don't know how to play basketball at this particular moment, and Draymond Green not being on the floor is going to be huge for them. I, I, I don't see this team as any type of contender. Didn't see it before the suspension, to be honest with you, but now that after the suspension he may be out 15 to 20 games, maybe even more than that with an indefinite suspension, this Warriors team is cooked. I, I don't see any way forward for them, quite frankly. Yeah, you know, <clears throat> this is far past due for the NBA to give Draymond, Draymond Green a long-term suspension. You listed off a few of the altercations that he's had, and that's just a few. Like, we were joking about it, but there is legitimately a five-minute tape out there, highlight tape of he Draymond just it. He added to hurting it. people. <laughs> you know, and I understand the conversations about, well, this is what gives Draymond his edge. And it's like, okay, that's fair. But when you look at the history of what's been going on, it is ramped up in the last two seasons or so because I think that his actual ability and his talent on the floor is going down. So he has felt like he has to ramp this up. 
to be to be successful, and that just can't happen. Mm-mm. I'm not interested in the conversation about well, I have to be punching people in the face to be good at <laughs> basketball. That's ridiculous. That's a ridiculous argument to try to make, and I'm not going to buy it at all. Yes, the edge is what has made Draymond Green himself, but he wasn't punching people constantly two, three years ago. Whatever deal with the devil the Golden State Warriors made has clearly come to an it's, end, and they're having, they're having to pay up now. We are in the, we are in the era of them having to pay for that deal. I don't know. It, it, it's enjoyable. I can't lie. It brought a smile to my face <laughs> when Draymond Green got an indefinite suspension. It made me so happy I announced it at Trivia. When, yeah. <laughs> because the news came through right when we started, and I was like, by the way, Draymond Green just has been suspended indefinitely. And it got, <laughs> and it got, it got cheers. It's, yeah. it's just because it's been so ridiculous, and especially you know covering a team like the Memphis Grizzlies, being a team of a fan like the Memphis Grizzlies, being so close to the John Morant situation, it feels like this is the right decision because the language that they use with Draymond Green is the same language that they use with John Morant, and they went way too light on him the first time around. Whenever that five-game suspension came up, came out, every single person was like, this is not going to change a single thing. He's not going to feel it. It's a slap on the wrist, if even that. The Warriors did not take it seriously. Steve Kerr was like, oh, it's uh, inexcusable what he did, while also saying he didn't see the replay see and the, the angle. And, oh, well, were we sure? He, he still hasn't so seen the he replay, He was talking Connor. out of both sides of his mouth. Yeah, somebody show him the five-minute clip of Dream on just beating the hell out of people. It's, it's long past due for this to happen. It, it, they have to feel it. The Warriors as an organization, they are not innocent in this. They have allowed Draymond to get away with this behavior constantly. The way he has been refereed over the last few years is infuriating, especially on a night when we see a Serbian player get yep, ejected on, on Serbian, Serbian night in <laughs> Chicago night. where all the Serbians are. <laughs> yes. It's quite ridiculous how there has just been no consistency with Draymond Green. So hopefully this is the first step and seeing how he is treated moving forward. Because I'm just over the antics. Every single game he is in, he freaks out, makes it about himself at some point, and like we've seen here, people are starting to get hurt because of his antics. I don't care if your ability on the basketball court is going down. It doesn't mean you get to turn it into a wrestling match right. to make up for that. And, and here's the thing. I think ultimately, if all of these things were incidental, Right, like if all of the contact he's made with opposing players that have led to flagrants and ejections and technicals, if they were incidental, I'd feel differently about an indefinite suspension. But of the five incidents I've brought up, none of them were incidental. He punched Jordan Poole in the face. He stomped on DeMontis Sabonis. That wasn't incidental. He pushed Donovan Mitchell. That wasn't incidental. He choked out Rudy Gobert. That wasn't incidental. And then the Yusuf Nurkic thing, you can make an argument about it being incidental, but he flailed his arms around trying to make contact with Yusuf Nurkic to send a message. I've never flailed with a fist. (laughs) Right. Right. And he turned around in a 180 and, and yeah. hit him right on the right uh, Weird. the, the he left had side of the good face. aim during a flail, didn't he? Yes. Very um, odd. Now, I'll say this, though, Connor, is since we say, okay, the five-game suspension wasn't going to change anything, is the indefinite suspension really going to change? Yes, who, I do. Because it, it touches money now. It affects money. It affects money at least a little bit. He's making $25 million a, a year. I, I, I still have my doubts about Draymond Green changing his antics, even when he does come. I'm not sure he's going to change his antics. It's going to stop him doing stupid stuff. Stuff like this, though. he's going to think twice. Yes, that's what I. I don't think it's going to stop him completely. I don't think that's even possible at this point. What I think it's going to do, though, is the rest of his team now is going to be like, "Hey, man, yes, stop. we need you. We need here. you. Yes. We're not be. We're not great. We need this you to year. play basketball. We need you to play basketball and stop trying to go out there and be an enforcer in moments you don't have to be an enforcer. Yep. That's the. That's another thing. It's all these moments are happening in. in where he doesn't need to be the enforcer here. His team has started something, and then he runs in there and acts like the victim. It's ridiculous. So I don't think it's going to stop him forever, but I think it will make him think twice, and hopefully it stops him from punching people and stopping on people's chests and putting people in headlocks. If we can stop that, that's a win. Back to my conversation yesterday, though, because I really do think it would be meaningful um, if it came from Steve Kerr in the – um, Warriors front office. There's some people that will say, well, Steve Kerr, he's got to deal with Draymond Green every day. He can't go out there and criticize him constantly. But when he is worthy of criticizing, and you saw him in the energy he brought to uh, Dylan Brooks when Dylan Brooks had a hard foul on Gary Payton II, and incidentally, he, he broke his elbow in that situation. I didn't like the situation. I thought it was a dirty play. But uh, the code breaking, the energy he gave to Dylan Brooks in that in that uh, playoff series two years ago, he needs to bring that same energy to Draymond Green. 
I, 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 something tells me that in the end of the day, with Draymond and the antics that he has shown leading to the NBA suspending him, he would take the message from a guy like Steve Kerr and people in that front office. But they need to start giving the same energy to Draymond Green that they give to other guys for doing similar things. They've emboldened Draymond Green for years to yes. behave this way, and it has to come to an end. When yes. people are getting physically hurt by his antics, it's ridiculous. Him running around and screaming and doing all that stuff, that's annoying. But it's, you know, it's annoying that he's not getting it, you know, technical. But when he's stomping that. on it's people when and he's punching doing people things like and this, pushing and the Warriors people. are like, we didn't see anything. It's like, come on. And the reason we keep bringing up the Dylan Brooks situation is, you know, I think that everybody in Memphis, the Grizzlies, not a single person tried to act like it wasn't a dirty play from, from Dylan. Every single one of us was like, yeah, but he when, crossed but the when line Steve there. Kerr no, act, that, that's high, acted point. high and mighty, it's that's just, my it, point. Doesn't, it's, it, it doesn't hit the same, brother. Right. We have a five-minute compilation of a player his entire career doing worse things, right. quite frankly. No, that's exactly my point. I think that he was justified in being pissed off that Dylan Brooks did that in the moment, but he hasn't carried that same energy to when his players are doing that constantly. They hurt people a lot. Draymond hurts people a lot. The Warriors play kind of dirty. It's okay to say that, especially with Chris Paul now. They definitely play a style of basketball that leans dirty. Don't act like that's not happening while you're preaching to the rest of the NBA. It's ridiculous. It's hypocritical. And there's a reason people are fed up with the Warriors. And there's a reason people are celebrating the downfall. Yeah, but there just does come a point where the message has to be delivered by someone Draymond cares about, by sure. people on his team, by Steve Kerr, and maybe the message will get through. I think the NBA having to step in, quite frankly, and suspend him indefinitely does show that the Warriors were not able to get a, 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 a put a stop to this because they didn't really try to put a stop to this. And that's a frustrating, that's a frustrating reality of the situation. Um, but this is kind of unprecedented. In a lot of ways. Indefinite. I don't know how long he's going to be out, but the Warriors are going to struggle mightily because of it. Because of it. Because they are not a good uh, basketball team this year. They're just not. I mean, the fact that we had the other night Clay Thompson, Kevon Looney, and, and Andrew Wiggins out of the closing lineup, that tells you all you need to well, know about where they're at as a actual basketball team. Weirdly enough, I'm curious if maybe they discover something here. Because they have good young guys. They just don't, they don't play use them. them. They, they just they, don't use them. And, and as Pods, much as Pods is good, Kaminga's pretty good. Let's, let's give Moody can who? I, I obviously think that where the Warriors are at definitely leads you to believe okay, you have Steph Curry, Dre, Clay going into this year. You're saying, okay, let's see what we can get out of this. Clay's probably going to have to walk at the end of the year. We're not going to pay him a massive contract, especially with the way he's playing. This was run it back with the old guys, see what see what happens. But let's not lose sight of the fact that, I mean, I don't really know of an example in the last three to four years where the Warriors have truly developed a guy into a winning player. Like, you could talk about Jordan Poole and how good he was doing his Steph Curry impression, but at the same time, he's not a winning player. No. He's a he's a very good offensive player, very bad on the defensive he was effective end. He was not on full, the Warriors. Yeah, he yeah. was not a full player. But they don't really develop their young guys, and I think that gets lost in the conversation constantly. James Wiseman was a miss. They haven't done. I think Jonathan Kaminga, Moses Moody have ability to play at this level, be high a high level players in the NBA, but they don't give them the the requisite minutes to go make that happen. They don't develop their young players. As much as we give them credit for the championships and overcoming a whole lot with the injuries to Clay Thompson and, and Kevin Durant when it happened, they do not no, they spend don't. time developing their young guys, even if they're high picks. They don't. They really haven't. Um, I don't have anything to add to that. Right. Really, that's, you're exactly <laughs> right. They have not developed their young guys. They haven't really given them opportunity. And this year, it's been weird watching them. Clay Thompson is just a shell of himself. It stinks. It kind of stinks to see. Like it's it's fun that the Warriors aren't very good, but it stinks to see Was Clay one, just not being very good at I, basketball. I always come back to this. I feel like early in Clay Thompson's career, he was kind of a likable guy. Like yes. I, I don't think there was last a, year was weird. It there, was like very there, out of there character. There were moments where. You really enjoyed him. He gave good answers to the press. He didn't seem so aggrieved all the time, but he's turned into this aggrieved, angry person out there when people say that he's not who he once was. But it's a fact. It's the truth of the matter. 
And I, he gets angry about people saying that. I and, think, and I, he has turned himself, though. Like it's been a, it's been a one eighty in his career. I think he's one of the more unlikable guys in the NBA at this particular moment with, with sort of how he acts and how he conducts himself. It's very odd how much they try to flex the rings and stuff. It's like we yeah. get it, you know. But you also KD showed up, so yes. I, I think that might be part of it. Is they are clearly bothered by the idea that KD is a reason. They're, they were so successful when they were, and like it's true. It's you know I think it's quite silly to act like that's not a reason the dynasty continued for as long as it did, and it's coming to an end. They can feel it, and their egos are a little hurt, so they're they're acting out. Draymond's punching people. Clay's flexing four at people. Steph's just doing Steph's his still thing. Steph, Steph is still great. Thing. I like, and that's the unfortunate I look at Steph. Part Steph can be it. around for a long time. I mean, he's probably got five, six, seven yeah. years still left. Steph's still very good. He's <laughs> playing like a young man. He's still one of the top five players in the NBA, yes. probably. Yeah, and, top three. But they've honest. got to figure something out here because Andrew Wiggins. Who the hell knows? He touched he touched the ball from Space Jam. It's like all of his talent has disappeared. Don't know what's going on there. Kevon Looney's given them a lot of good years, but it feels as if it's starting to come to an end with him. And then you, you have Steph, and that's really it. They have got to figure out what to do moving forward. They probably shouldn't have given Draymond Green the contract they gave him. Clay Thompson weirdly did them a favor by turning down two two forty eight. That's good for them because yes. they will. He's not going to get that on the market. Well, I, I sort of wonder about that. I wonder about that, Connor. Who the I'm hell curious. is going to get? I don't Clay think Thompson. someone's going to get. I don't know. I think he'll get million dollars. I think, but I still think he'll get a fair amount of money on the open market by some Maybe. dumb team. Maybe there's a lot of dumb front offices out here in the NBA that will pissed that will look at the look at the past of Clay Thompson and try to bring him in and maybe sure. try to put butts in the seats. Maybe, maybe. I mean, it's. I'm also curious if Clay. Just being a bench shooter, what that looks like. Because right. he's also being asked to do a lot right now. I don't know. It's They are in a weird spot because Steve Kerr refuses to play the young guys when it's clear that they need to play the young guys. And the old guys just don't have it anymore. Chris Paul's actually been pretty good. Their bench unit's been really good. That's what, like, the young guys with Chris Paul have probably been the best thing about the Warriors this year outside of Steph Curry. I saw a stat yesterday, and it blew my mind. The Detroit Pistons, who have lost 21 straight games, their net rating for their starting lineup is one of the worst in the NBA. It's minus 10.1. The starting lineup for the Warriors, minus 10.2. They're worse than the Pistons. Really? Their starting lineup. Oh, yes. my God. It's, I mean, it's just where we're at. And, and, you know, sometimes dynasties flail around and fall, and I think we're seeing the complete crumbling of the, the dynasty as we know it. Now, if Steve Kerr decides to play these young guys and develop these young guys finally, maybe they can turn it around and be good and stay, stay afloat. If you have Steph Curry on your team, you're, you're in a good spot. But they have to take it upon themselves to develop the young guys they brought in. They used high picks on these guys. Make it make it count. It's just strange to see how they've operated. Now, uh, the Grizzlies, I think people would argue that it's been strange to see how they've operated. Um, it feels like they peaked two years ago. Uh, definitely had their chances last year, but got, you know the Lakers got over top, and now we're in this spot where they're 6-17. and 17. They just dropped another one on the road to the Rockets, 117 to 104. And, again, it just comes down to, especially if Desmond Bain's not on the floor like he wasn't last night, they don't have enough good NBA players. They just don't. And it's sad for me because I'm a Jaron Jackson Jr. fan, and I, and I really want to see him develop on the offensive end and be more consistent night to night. He has been that. He has been that. Last two games, 44 points, seven rebounds, four steals, 41 points, two steals, two blocks. He joined Ja as the only Memphis Grizzly with multiple 40-point games in a season. He did it back-to-back games, and they were both in losing efforts. Like, that is a, that's a frustrating reality. You could have Jaron Jackson Jr. doing exactly what you want, if not exceeding. He has exceeded expectations the past two games, and they've lost the games handily, and it hadn't been particularly close. That's frustrating. That's very frustrating. Now, also with Jaron, um, his last five games – 33.4 points per game, 5.2 rebounds per game. He is showing the consistency and the, the, the ability on the offensive end that we want to see show up night to night. The all-NBA potential that we saw at the end of last season and that we expected to be here this season is starting to show. The last five games from Jaron Jackson Jr. have been tremendous. He was phenomenal last night. 44 points, four steals and a block, seven rebounds. What more do you Getting want? Getting to the free throw line 13 times? What more do you can you ask from a big man? It was tremendous, and it is, it's not what you want. You've wasted two phenomenal performances from Jaron Jackson Jr., and it's not what you want. 
especially when it was a winnable game last night. You know, they had a chance to win, and that's why I understand some of the criticisms today about the rotation. It was a little weird. I don't understand some of the closing minute rotations. Right. Why are you putting certain guys in? I know that Vince Williams Jr. fouled out. I understand that. You had to fill that in, but it felt like they kept going to a few guys who just don't have it. Zaire and, and Jake Laravia in particular, in my opinion. Listen, we are... 23 games into this season now. At what point do we stop waiting? Right. We have been waiting. Listen, he's a good kid. We've been rooting for him. Every single time he has an opportunity to step up, he has not been able to do it. He has flashes. It's like one in every four or five games. You'll be like, oh, it's there. The consistency has just not been there. And we are starting to get to a moment where you have to make a decision because is it ever going to happen? Is it ever going to happen? Because I think the things that are concerning is, you know, it's not just that the shots aren't going in. It's being out of position. It's the game moving a little bit too fast. The game it's, moves way too fast. turning for the ball over. All of those things you have to take into account when you're watching. You can say the same things about Jake LaRavia. It is quite literally four on five when he's out there trying to play yep. defense. It's awful. Yep. At some point, like you have said, you have got to go get NBA players. Mm-hmm. And it is, it's, it's, it's the tough business part of the NBA. You root for these kids. They're nice, good people, great, but you're not producing on the floor. And- Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. At the end of the day, this is a basketball team, and you got to win ball games. And if you're not helping them win games, we can't just keep waiting. It's been three years now. It's yep. been three years. And he has, he has gotten and, a ton of opportunity, and it just has not been there. All right, and the honesty about the, the situation with this Grizzlies front office is they've missed on a lot of things. And I sort of look at it, and and obviously hindsight definitely helps when you look at a number. I mean, Zaire was a massive miss, let's be honest. 10th overall, you traded up to go get him. Theoretically, if you remember that draft, he was not supposed to be a top 10 pick. He was supposed to fall. He was terrible at Stanford. And, like, it's not overly surprising to see where he's at right this Yo, second. But, but, but let's be honest. But, but yes, the, the, he was not a top 10 pick. The thought process from this front office I think was relatively sound yeah because you're in a small market you don't want to overpay because ultimately you have to overpay for good NBA players so you focused on internal development but then you turn around two years three years later and you realize damn even with job back even if Steven Adams was healthy we don't have enough in the way of role players to make this thing work for a championship contending team right we just don't have enough so there's got to be moves out there made um 
And, and I think it has to be a, a thought process behind going and finding someone who's been in the league for a while who's shown you they have production. I know Keldon Johnson's being floated by Please. the Spurs. Oh, my God. That would be that an would interesting be thought process. I think amazing. he makes $18 million going into next year. God, that'd be huge. Um, but, like, there's there's these options you have to explore. Yeah. And if you have to overpay, I think you're at that point because I don't even think if the, everything is – if this team is healthy altogether, I don't think – the requisite pieces are good enough to go win a championship. Well, and that's and that's what we've got to talk about. Like an argument that is happening, and it's one that I somewhat subscribe to. Without a doubt, the team looks like this because of the injuries. It's without yeah. a doubt. It's the jaw suspension. Like the injuries. last night, for example, if you're playing Jake Laravia and Zaire Williams on the floor at the same time or at the on the floor, if they have to play extended things are minutes, not good. You're going to lose, right? Sorry, but but healthy team, fully healthy team, playoff team. Without a doubt. Playoff team. Yes. Contending team? Championship contending team? No, I don't think so. And that's the discussion we got to start having. Got it. I think what this Jaws absence has, has shown to me is you. Jaren's a piece. Desmond's a piece, no doubt about it. Vince Williams is something. Santi's something. Roddy. Roddy, I still think is something. He, had a, he struggled last night. He's had a rough six-game stretch here, but he's been but good. I, he, he's been good. I mean... It, with Those Roddy, are, I think he's actually earned at least a little bit of a opportunity to have a, a slump because sure. he's had his moments. Sure. He, he's he's been consistent. Of all these wings that they've tried to pick the past two to three years, he's been the most consistent. It's not even close. Outside of Vince Williams Jr. Well, outside, of, <laughs> but they, yes, but we're but talking about yes. a fifteen game yeah, sample I'm, size. I'm, he's I only was, started two half, games. But but at the same time, I I, I I kind of agree with your sentiment. I, yeah, I look. Well, at, what I'm saying though is, I just listed off five six guys. That are real NBA guys that you know every single night you're going to get something from these guys. I'm not quite sure why Xavier Tillman didn't play last night. I would say I would probably put him in a group of I know I'm going to get something from him. The rest, though, you have got to find NBA players there. And you've got to start making moves. You've got to go figure something out. You have to. Because we are going to get to a point to where we do not want to waste Jaron Jackson Jr., Desmond Bain and John Morant. And you Jaren, don't on the, waste by the way, the Jaren on the deal, the team-friendly deal he's on right now. Exactly. You don't want to waste that. Exactly. This has proven, I think, to me and hopefully the front office and certainly the fan base that outside of five or six guys that played last night, they just don't have many guys. Marcus Martin, Luke Kennard certainly helped that when they come back. Steven Adams and Brandon Clark just aren't even on, in the conversation right now, unfortunately. You have those guys on the roster – then something's cooking, but you can't depend on guys coming off of major injury to come back next year and look the same, especially yep. when one of them's coming off an Achilles injury, and his biggest thing is his is running and leaping. <laughs> his second jump is his biggest, biggest asset, and if he, we have to see what that looks like. So, do you make consolidation moves now? Do you go get that big man depth? The Kelton Johnson thing, thumbs up. That would be big time. Kelton Johnson does exactly what you need him to do. You and ask me I, what he's kind of is. He's kind of a better. Yeah, he's like and, a better version of Kyle Anderson. He's like a scoring. He can version. shoot. He can shoot. He doesn't he have the hitch in his shot. He rebounds very well. She's thirty-seven percent from three. He fits now. And then the question would be, what do you have to give up to go get a guy like uh, Keldon Johnson? Quite frankly, with where the Spurs are at, I don't know if you have to give up player they'll assets. Take all that, but they'll take picks. They'll take picks. I mean, you're probably going to have to give up a player salary matching. They're not that trying to win, but they they want picks. So you just have to decide how much those picks mean to you. We've seen that this front office has valued those picks. They've wanted to trade up. They traded up for Zaire. They traded DeAnthony Melton to go pick uh, Jake LaRavia and David Roddy. So they value those. But when they see that a lot of them have flopped and sort of fell on their face, I wonder if they value them the same. I don't think they should at this particular moment. But uh, the Vince Williams Jr. thing, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I really do see a guy who could potentially be – a 15, 20-minute-a-game guy. I mean, 10 points last night, 7 rebounds. I mean, when everybody else is struggling, you lose by 13 points. He's only a minus 3, and he was in the plus for most of the game. He just provides the dirty work. He works his ass off on the defensive end, fighting through screens. Did he foul a little bit too much last night? Yes, he fouled out. Um but I don't think that, that that's not who he is, ultimately. He only averages two fouls a game. This is a guy who I think has, has done a good job of, of giving that extra effort perimeter defense-wise and not fouling. So last night I think was a, was a exception, not the rule, 
for Vince Williams Jr. But I think this is a guy who can stick, and it's kind of sad to think it took this long to get him in this preferential spot because it feels like the 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 thought process and who he was as a player never really changed. Yeah, he probably had to develop a little bit with the hustle and do all these things, but it feels like he was always kind of this type of guy. But he was your fourth pick in that draft. Um, he was the fourth of four, and you didn't really think much of him until now. It was one, it's one of those moments where preparation met opportunity. Yep. He was ready. You know, it's, it's, it's one of those things about the NBA where you have to wonder how many guys are out there, similar to Vince Williams Jr., who's just waiting for an opportunity because – if we're being honest, the only reason he's he got playing time in the first Marcus Smart and Luke Kennard went out. Yep. You know, they were playing ahead of him. And then the Grizzlies were trying to figure out Roddy, Z, and LaRavia. All of those guys were ahead of Vince Williams Jr. So when they were out, he took the opportunity and he has excelled. He is shooting forty five percent from three over the last six games. Yep. On three point seven shots a game. Pretty good. Mm-hmm. And that is not not sustainable for him. Like, he has done that before. Every single year, his three-point shot has gotten better. The fouls thing is the biggest thing. He has got to get the fouls down. He has fouled out twice. He has got to relax with his fouling. He gets, yeah. it, that's where we talked about. It gets a little too chaotic sometimes. And, ah, and like, and he I gets, think, like, but, almost like, too excited. But also, but last that, night, can I be honest, he got put in some tough situations two early the in calls that game. Were pretty bad. Alperen Shingun gets a steal and a, and a breakaway, and he was, he was caught in no man's land. Do I foul him? Do I not? And he sort of gave him an and one and fouled him. It was sort of a young player mistake. But Vince Williams Jr., like this is, I mean, let's be honest, this is the 3 and D wing that you've been trying to find. And I think, he, I think he provides what you wanted when you picked him when you picked him. He was a 47th overall pick. I count that as a hit at this yeah. particular moment. Well, that, and that's the, 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 the irony of talking about the Grizzlies front office right now is yeah. that some of the fan favorites Still draft picks. Right. <laughs> like we, you know, we have to give them credit for those, but I do think it's fair to say, hey, you know, Jake appears to be a miss. Z, I think we're starting to lean towards being a miss. And those are fair. And especially when you talk about what you gave up for those guys, who was around them when you made the picks, the criticisms are fair. Now, at some point, you're beating a dead horse when mm-hmm. we're talking about it. So what can they do moving forward to fix those misses? How can you turn those misses into makes having guys like Vince Williams Jr. help a guy like Gigi Jackson being something potentially helps. Yep. Kenneth Lofton Jr. for a moment seemed like he was going to be something, but I think the writing's on the wall yeah. for that. So we got to move, you know, which is just an unfortunate situation. But you know, Santi, big hit, definitely a hit. He's been, I think Santi's been very good this year, kind of going under the radar. I think about he's been really good for this team. So they're going to get better when Ja comes back, when they get Luke and they get Marcus. But I do think the conversation about even fully healthy. Not not including Steven Adams and Brandon Clark. It was this team going to be contending? And I think the answer is no. And if the answer is no, okay, how do we change that? Now we're coming up on a point in the in the season, this particular season, where the Grizzlies are going to have to make consolidation moves and decide what they want to do going forward. Um, there's a lot of thoughts about what they should do. I think there's some people out there that like Jalen Noel and what he's provided. I don't. I mean, he's had two good games, quite frankly. If I'm being real about what I've watched, two or three, he's yeah. had two solid games. The effort and the intensity, I still love. But I think there's the easy there. There's everybody's thoughts, and then there's what's going to happen, right? Everybody, you can say I want to keep Jalen Noel. I want to, you know, I want to do. I want to make sure that Kenneth Lofton Jr. has a roster spot. But in the end of the day, what's going to happen, Connor? The easiest op- option here, the most obvious option, is. When Ja gets back, when all these guys get back, Biz stays on. Jalen Noel does not get re, does not get a contract, and Kenneth Lofton Jr. is probably going to get released. Like that seems like the obvious way forward. Usually, the most obvious answer is the answer. That's yeah. that's. And I, mean, I, know, I don't. I, you know, again, and it goes back to our conversations always about getting too attached to guys. You just can't in this day and age. If you're trying to be a contender, you can't get attached to guys that are way down the list of of potential contributors. You just can't. Jalen Noel was very good for this team. When he with these two 10-day contracts. He helped them win. He did help them win. He helped stabilize the ship a little bit before John Morant got back. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. You all shot 40% from the field and 17% from three over nine games. Mm-hmm. It's not good enough. We're not going <laughs> to cut somebody. Like, you can't cut somebody to and, keep get, and have dead money for that. Yeah. It's, it's just that's the reality. And, yeah, Kenny, same deal. I don't get the biz conversation that's happened all of a sudden. Listen, he hasn't been amazing but he's been what you need him to you be need and you're a not big. finding anything better <laughs> you i promise you listen 
I am a fan of Kenneth Lofton Jr. He is exciting when he gets in those games. There is a buzz in the FedEx form that you haven't quite frankly heard since Zebo. It's fascinating. The fan base loves him, and I get it. You are not getting the production from him that you think you will. Bismack Biombo does what you need him to do. He does what this team needs. Kenneth Lofton Jr. does not have that skill set. Yeah. So when it comes down to the choice of the two of them, you have to go with Bismack right now. You need a big. You need, you a, you need, need a, a natural big. big who's going to set screens and do the dirty work. If Kenny was 6'10", it'd be a different conversation, but um, he's not. Last thing was, is it? it's kind of getting strange to see Xavier Tillman get these DNPs. Yeah, I don't get... Well, so that, to me, is... Were they trying to see what a few guys had? Could he be a potential cut? I do think is maybe on the table. I would disagree with that. I would I, very much yeah, disagree with that. I don't like that. I hope that doesn't happen. Or is he being shot? Potentially. John Conchar, Xavier Tillman, and uh, Jake, Jake Laravia being shopped. You I don't know what's out there. I don't know how many takers they're going to be. Maybe for the those Spurs guys. take all three of them in a couple picks. I don't maybe, know. Man. I don't know. See, don't and know. that's another thing is I. <laughs> the reality of it too is they just don't have like guys you can really move, and that's where it's it's to really make a move that everybody feels helps this team to turn into a real contender. You're probably going to have to say goodbye to somebody that you're really connected yep. to. That's not just like a 14th or 15th guy, like. Yep. A Steven Adams move, I do think, is on the table as much as we would hate it. A Brandon Clark move, probably on the table as much as you would hate it. If your name is not John Morant, Jaron Jackson Jr., or Desmond Bain, you will be in trade talks, yes. whether I agree with it or not. Marcus Smart, Luke Kennard, I think, are, are safe. They might get mentioned. Unless Every, there's a trade out there that makes sense where you add those names I in think, there. I personally think it would be silly to trade Marcus Smart after giving up what you did. No, I get right it. I, I completely but understand. I'm saying... Those those are the conversations that are going to happen. I truly believe only three guys are, quote-unquote, locks to be safe. Yep. Everybody else should be in trade talks right now. And I have hope that they will go out and make a move because we've said it many a time. If we see this, they, they see, see it. it. Yep. Yep. But they've got it. You have to cut ties with those two dudes at some point. Yep. It's now, not working. Now, John Morant will address the media for the first time this season following morning shoot-around tomorrow. What do we expect to hear? We'll talk about it on the other side. 92.9 FM ESPN. Guests appear on the Smile Center hotline. Now back to the Gabe Coon Show. Live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. The time we've all been waiting for in the Grizzly season is just about upon us. Two more games and five more days, and John Morant will be returning to the floor. It's going to be national news, and we'll be talking about it all day when he returns uh, on the road <clears throat> against the Pelicans. Now, he will address the media for the first time this season following morning shoot-around tomorrow. Uh, what do I expect to hear from him? I expect to hear that he has gone through the process and he's ready to get back to the floor and he expects to be good. Now, what do I expect from him on the floor is another question. Um, quite frankly, as much as I expect him to return to normalcy, I think there's going to be a, a, a moment in time where you have to limit minutes. You have to find a way to get him back involved, to get him comfortable. So don't expect game one to be perfect by any stretch of the imagination from John Randy He hadn't played in a meaningful game in quite a while. But I expect John Morant. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. To uh, down the stretch of the season, be John Moran. I, I, I think you're right there with me, Connor. I, I, don't, I don't expect John Moran to be anything less. I think he'll be the entertaining player that will put butts in the seats, that will help win ball games, help facilitate winning for this team. I think he's going to be better. I think we're going to see a very good version of John Morant, maybe the best version that we've seen. And to be honest, I think in that Pelicans game, he might blow the doors off. I, I really do. I think that there's a chance he comes back and he just goes nuts. Okay. I, I really do. I really okay. do. It's 
If, if I do that, kind of wonder the how the Grizzlies weight. are going to manage minutes and everything else, but he has been. Yeah, maybe I don't disagree with you there. On a full yeah, ramp up, I don't, he's been I, practicing. I, that's, and that, and that, that's kind of what I mean is that like he's been playing with the team. He understands what's going on right now. He knows what the feel's going to be. I think I really, and I think that the elevation the rest of the guys are going to get by having him out there on the floor is going to be extremely impactful. Um, so my hope is that he comes out, and I, I don't disagree with you. There might be a bit of a minutes restriction just to help him, you know, get his conditioning down a little bit. But I wouldn't be surprised if he drops twenty five plus the first right. game he plays. You right. know, right? I mean, it's, he's he's still John Morant. I don't right. think we need to lose sight. Of that. God, I can't wait. Yeah. I'm so excited. And I, I can't wait till the first home game. I hate that the first game is going to be on the road against the Pelicans. Then he'll I got my home. seats. I'm yes. ready. But th- that first home game is going to be a sight to see. Um, now, I- I've heard this question asked. Um, Jeff asked it this morning. And I've seen a-, a bunch of other people sort of talk about it. And it's it's around sort of the conversation. Do we have hope that John Morant is a changed man? Is he a changed man? Has he righted the ills? of the past year and some change, past two years, will he move a little bit differently? Um, I'm not interested in the change man conversation, Connor. And and, and the only reason I'll say that is because John Morant, uh, the self-inflicted wounds he had were not hurting anybody, um, but he was on Instagram Live with a gun. It's conduct detrimental to the league. More so than changing, right? Like, you know, the strip club and going out and drinking and having fun and um, doing those type of things, I don't think those things need to necessarily change. He's still a 23-year-old man who can enjoy his life as a millionaire. But at the same time, the self-inflicted wounds, the massive mistakes, toting guns, doing that type of thing in public, um, you know, g- having run-ins at the mall with certain workers, like those things are the things that need to change. I am not all that interested in jaw changing who he is as a person because I think that is hard to do. But morphing how you move and morphing um, into a guy who understands his celebrity status, that's what I'm more interested in. Now, some people will say that in itself uh, would prove that he is a changed man. But in the end of the day, he can still go to the strip club. He can still have fun. He can still do the things he wants. But he's just got to be smarter with how he's portraying himself in the public eye. I think that's what it all comes down yeah, to. Yeah, we're not. I don't think I'm expecting some changed man, maybe a more mature man, maybe a humbled man. Maybe somebody who just learned that, hey, I am a celebrity. Like, the, the celebrity status I possess in the NBA is a, pu- a future face of the NBA. I need to take that seriously. That's all I want to see change, quite frankly. Just carry and conduct yourself in public in a, in a better, reasonable manner. I, man, uh, uh, manner, easy for me to say. Now, behind the scenes, do what you want to do. You know, I, I wish you'd change some of those things. Maybe not party as much. Maybe drink a little bit less and, and deal with those demons, I guess. But in the end of the day, I just want to see him in the public eye understand the type of celebrity he is. If you can get that done, John Morant should have no real worries for the rest of his career. I agree. Yeah, it, it's he's it's just I think it's simple. You hope that he has realized that the same way his play on the court elevates people and it makes them better, his behavior off the court has hurt them and made them worse. Yes. That is what you hope he sees. It's it's you hope that he felt the loss of impact of him not playing had on the team like we talk about the injuries, and we can talk about roster construction. The main reason they're in the spot they're in is because John Moran got a 25-game suspension. If you want to talk about it being too many games, I can have that conversation with you. But the fact of the matter is he got suspended for 25 games, and that is why the Grizzlies are where they are. And hopefully he sees that, takes that, and says, how can I better myself moving forward? How can I be more mature for this team? How can I move differently to make sure that my actions off the court don't affect this team on the court, doesn't affect the fan base, doesn't affect the front office, coaching staff, all that stuff. He's got to realize that there are so many things tethered to him, which is a lot of pressure. And that's why I think that he deserves a little bit more grace than he got. He was a very young man that got given a lot of money and a lot of responsibility. Very quickly. And it got to him. And I'm not sure how I would have handled it. The way I've kind of been Based on me when I was 22 or 23, I probably would not have handled it well. I was dumb as hell. I would not have done great. And that's why, you know, you just hope that he has taken this experience and he learns from it and he grows from it. He doesn't have to change completely, but we no. need some growth. And yeah. if, that's, is that, if that's what we see, thumbs up.
And I think it just naturally, when you're young, you party, you have fun, you enjoy yourself, you want to use your he money. He did if some you're really dumb things. Now, there just comes to a point, it like, happens. I think as you age, you start to get out of that. But at this particular moment, I'm not expecting Ja to be a completely different human being off the floor. I just expect Ja to understand the seat he's in, the shoes that he walks in every right. day, and what it means to be John Morant. Because I think that's the biggest issue he's had along the way. His actions affect many more people than just John Morant. And he was operating previously without really kind of knowing that. Or if he right. did know it, he didn't care as much. I feel as if this experience will make him understand that a little bit more. And it, it, to be honest, from what we've seen just from the tweets and just – from kind of what we've heard about how he's been at practice and he's put he's worked out he's really stayed in the gym I think he, I think he understands that and I hope he understands that and rooting for him or I guess rooting against him in any way to me is just nonsensical at this point mm-hmm. root for him yeah yeah you don't want to see somebody derail their career by keep by making the same mistakes consistently I, I think that we're going to see a changed John Moran but I don't think we're going to see a changed man altogether. I just hope that all of the Instagram lives, flashing guns, stops. Uh, if, if you have issues with people, have other people around you handle it. You don't need to be here's the front man. What I'll say. Just move better, move differently. I hope. Because in the end of the day, Connor, I know people are going to uh, sigh, just a deep sigh when they hear me say this, but he has not broken any laws. Well, he, he has he, he has avoided largely uh, what, what could have uh, derailed his career in a in a massive way, whether it be you know a felony gun charge or what what have you, but um, in the end of the day, this guy I expect to get back on the straight and narrow. Um, but that doesn't involve him not partying, not doing all these things. He can have his fun. He's just got to be smarter about having his fun. I just hope the majority of conversations that we have moving forward about John Moran are about basketball. And if that is the case, then that is good. For the rest of the year, I think that that, that should For the rest sail. of his career. Well, well for <laughs> if, the rest if, of if this year, of, at the very least. We're talking about basketball. It's good. For the rest of this year, at the very least, I don't think basketball is going to be on the forefront of conversations. I don't know. John Maybe. Murray. I mean, if he has good nights at the office. If, yeah. he, if he drops, if he has a 40-point game, yes, we'll talk they, about the basketball. What else would they be about? But it, it, it's going to be about, in the meantime, how is he responding to everything that's happened in the oh, past year. Yes. And in, in, in change, especially on the basketball court. Yes, but we'll see how it, we'll see how it translates. I can't wait to hear him speak tomorrow after morning shoot around. And I, th- I think Jeff Calkins is probably in that same boat. So we'll talk about Jaws' return. We'll talk about the Grizzlies with Jeff Calkins next. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.